0: Justice Smith, Jamari for three, and the win. Yeah! he got it! Right. What's up, everyone? This is Lashar Binkley. I am, of course, the Goal Podcast and also a staff writer, lead staff writer for the Dream Shake and also for SB Nation, Of course, you can always find me over on Twitter when it's actually working, at Binkley Hoops. So make sure you check me out over there. As usual, we appreciate everybody's support. So make sure you subscribe, hit that like button because that definitely helps us in the long run. It helps. More people find our content as we will continue to put our content all off season. As you see, the Rockets will keep us busy at least for another month before we kind of hit the day period in August. And then we pick it right back up in September, end of September when training camp kicks off. And I definitely plan on being out for training camp. But today on Rockets Report, we are actually talking about. The Rockets transformation. That's what this whole video is going to be about. We're going to be talking about the pros and cons of the Rockets completely remaking their roster in basically a one day, uh, two day period. It was pretty crazy yesterday that the transaction kept coming in left and right. And I want to cover kind of the pros and cons of making such a radical transformation like the Rockets did. Um, there was a lot of transactions. And first, with the transaction that the Rockets uh did do yesterday and also i'm gonna talk about then i'm gonna talk about the pros and then talk about the cons because there are both for it i know a lot of people are really really mad and some people are really really happy but there are some cons to to all the moves that the rockets made so let's start off with all the transactions because it was a lot of them all right the first transaction of course we all know was the fred van vliet deal that came down on friday night where the rockets finally got their number one target which was fred van vliet he was signed for a three-year, $130 million contract that made him the first person in this offseason to get a max deal. Fred VanVleet, of course, went from undrafted, playing in the D-League, to an all-star, to a champion, now a max-level player. Some reports have report that that third year is possibly a team option. I haven't seen it officially yet, so we don't know for sure, but if it is a team option, that will make a huge difference because end of the day, I was saying for the longest that two years, I could stomach three years. That's kind of pushing it right now. It is three years. Um, you can definitely go check out a video that myself invader Vader had with Vivek um, Jacob of uh dot where we broke down everything. There is to know about Fred Van Vliet, but just. You know, talking about it a little bit right now, that um, third year does kind of concern me. But if it's a team option, I think it's kind of a no-brainer considering the Rockets. Just keep in mind, the Rockets were going to have to overpay for any player that they brought in. I don't care if it was um, Fred Van Vliet. I don't care if they brought back uh, Eric Gordon for some reason. Any player that they brought into this this team, was go- they were going to have to overpay. I don't care if it was Emmanuel Moutier. were gonna have to overpay because the rockets were the worst team in the league or at the bottom for three years running before i go into the other transaction let me just put a little bit in perspective how bad the rockets have been the past three seasons the rockets had the worst three year stretch in their entire franchise history not just houston history but franchise history that means the rockets were even better when they were an expansion team in san diego for the three years they were there the rockets had a combined 59 wins in the last three seasons that's that's pretty awful considering that in 2017-18 team that set the franchise record won 65 games they won more games in that one year than the rockets won in the last three seasons the the rockets last three seasons are three of the worst Five seasons they've had in their franchise history in the last three seasons. That's how bad the Rockets were. So the Rockets were going to, no matter what, they were going to have this huge transformation. And that's why you saw all these transactions come in. Now, the length and contract of the length and money of some of these can make you kind of step back and be like, OK, that may be a problem. But the Rockets had to do something. This was the worst stretch of Rockets basketball in history. And I've been watching Rockets basketball for decades. It was pretty bad. All right, well let's continue on to the following the other transactions that happened. Um another one which was kind of a surprise, um, I guess not really surprised because the Rockets did have to clear up some space, but the Rockets basically did a salary dump. They sent out Titan, Umaguruba, out to Atlanta. And at first it was a report that (laughs) uh Sham Sharania put out about it and he didn't really put any other details. So some people may thought, oh wow, it was Clint Capella. I thought it was Clink Capella. I was going to be really happy. But comes to find out it was really just a salary dump and they got the rights to Alpha Caba. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, <laughs> Alpha Caba, who was a basically a stash player, overseas stash player that Atlanta had. Now the Rockets have the rights to him. He's a part. Um and they also Rockets sent out two future second round picks and one million dollars so basically it was to clear up the roster and maybe clear up a little bit of cap space but it really wasn't too much to that deal so pretty much uh two first round picks of the Rockets sent out as basically salary dumps now you may say they didn't give them a chance which is definitely true in some of the cases but in the, the day let's be honest with Emes' rotation none of these guys were going to get playing time so maybe they actually get some playing time with atlanta and maybe they actually be able to show what they can do because They were never going to really get any rotational minutes with the Rockets. Uh, Let's move on to the next deal. And the next deal was the one I think got most Rockets fans kind of up in arms. (laughs) Um, It was a Dylan Brooks deal, which wasn't a surprise in itself because we saw that Dylan Brooks for a long time was linked to the Houston Rockets. Most people thought that was going to be a two or three year deal at maybe 15, 16 million dollars a year. Well, that did, that's not what the deal ended up being. Uh, we found out that the deal was actually going to be four years for $80 million. Now, that was sent Rockets fans that were already still upset about the Fred VanVleet deal. <laughs> that sent them kind of going crazy on social media yesterday. Um, the fact that he got the four years and the $80 million, something that nobody thought that he was going to get. I mean, after his performance against the Lakers, many thought that he wasn't even going to be in the NBA. And now he's making $20 million a year. Now, again, I heard rumors that it's a front-loaded deal. Again, we haven't got the particulars on the deal yet, so I don't know that. If it is a front-loaded deal, then it makes it a little bit better. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Dylan Brooks and Fred VanVleet and the pros and cons because they're definitely part of. Um, But just from seeing the contract right now, that four years is a long time, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm always the type of person that's going to look, you know, Try to look at things rationally. I'm not going to go overboard one way or another, and I'm not going to sit and tell everybody, "Hey, these are the greatest deals in the world." Because no, they're I mean, the Rockets. Some of these deals are a lot longer than the Rockets wanted them to be. Let's just be honest. But they had no choice in the matter in bringing in these players. So the Dylan Brooks series like I said, four years, eighty million dollars. Um, the only saving grace on this, I think, people need to realize, is that in a couple of years, the NBA TV deal is expiring, so that. The cap will go up significantly, sort of like like when Kevin Durant first went to the Warriors. The only reason he was able to go to the Warriors is because of that new deal that the NBA got and that the salary caps then shot up. That's the same thing that's going to happen in two years. Um, The NBA deal will go away and the NBA will get a bigger deal just because the NBA is is, as popular as it's ever been. And the contracts and the uh, salary cap will go up. So $20 million now may not be as bad as you think in a couple of years. years. Um, I know this is reminding some people of the <laughs> Ryan Anderson contract of four years, $80 million. And we saw how that kind of played out. But uh, Dylan Brooks had his struggles. Yes, he did. Dylan Brooks has shot not very good the last couple of seasons. That is definitely true. But he's also a former all-defensive player. He is one of the better defensive in, in, uh, wings in the league. Again, I'm going to go a little bit more over that in the pros and cons, but just kind of keep that in mind when you t- you're thinking about the contract. Uh, so the next deal for the Rockets, like I said, the Rockets were, the deals were coming in left and right. You couldn't even keep up, and it didn't help that Twitter was limiting how many views you could see on the worst possible day for NBA fans. But um, I digress because that's a whole nother podcast that maybe somebody else wants to do. Uh, Next deal that came in was Jock Landell. And that was kind of a surprise. I don't think anybody was thinking that. Um Phoenix actually rescinded their uh, qualifying offer to Jock Landell when they started making all their moves. And I don't think really people many people have him on the Rockets radar. So Jock Landell, um, who is now 27, I think he'll be 28 um pretty soon at some point during the next season. Was signed for a four-year, thirty-two million dollar deal. Now, another thing to keep in mind with this deal, uh, we do know that the first year is the only year that's guaranteed. So, if the Rockets, if he doesn't work out, and the Rockets want to move on, um, he didn't work out as a backup center, then they can move on after this year and won't be having to, won't have to pay him that eight million dollars a year over the next three years. So, that's something to keep in mind. With that, it's kind of a low risk, high reward type move. I mean, it may not move a needle for for many people, but let's also remember that Jock Landell. Actually, was playing over the uh, was playing over Aiden um, when the Phoenix Suns were getting knocked out of playoffs um, against the Denver Nuggets. So they had enough confidence in him then to actually play him over Aiden, who is their max level guy. So that's just something to keep in mind. We'll see how it plays out. He's probably going to get more minutes than he ever did with Phoenix. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, again, the contract is only guaranteed for one year. So that's something to keep in mind with this deal. So it's not really a deal that's going to really crush you at the end of the day. Um, Then we have the next big shooter drop. And I think, you know, a lot of Rockets fans that get attached to the players, which is nothing wrong with that. That's what being a fan is. You get attached to certain players. Um, But K.J. Martin, something we have seen for a while now from different ports, from Kelly Eco, from a lot of different people um that teams were interested in KJ Martin he was finally traded he was traded to the LA Clippers for two future second round picks um again and keep in mind not everything none of this is official yet um but it's pretty much a guarantee that it's gonna happen so a lot of people were upset that the Rockets were sending out KJ Martin who they thought was should have been valued at higher than two second round picks Um, But at the end of the day, another thing to keep in mind is, yes, KJ Martin was a good player. He's gotten better every year. But he, again, he was a below-level defender. Um, He did struggle at times with his outside shooting. It actually did not improve this last season. Um, He did, at times, struggle trying to get his own shot. Um, He was a high flyer. He did play hard. That's one thing you say about KJ Martin. He played hard every single time. So you never were worrying about his effort. So, He definitely was a fan favorite. I know people were upset, but at the end of the day, again, people need to remember, this is Eme's team now. He's going to mold it how he wants to mold it. And players like K.J. Martin was going to get squeezed out. With them bringing in Dylan Brooks, still having Tari Eason, now having Cam Whitmore, who they are very high on, K.J. Martin was going to have trouble getting on the court. And not to mention that the Rockets still have Jay Sean Tate, who the front office loves. Now, whether Eme loves him or not, we'll find that out. But, Jay Sean Tate is still on the roster. So KJ Martin was going to be fighting for minutes still. So I think with the way the Clippers have injuries left and right all the time, I think this is actually a good situation for KJ Martin because he will get a lot more playing time with the Clippers than he would ever get with the Rockets. Let's just be honest on that. So that was the next shoe that dropped. Um they tried to the Rockets try to clear up some of their, their log jam at the forward position. But the Rockets were not done. (laughs) Um, As you see, they continue to make moves. They traded for Patty Mills. Um, Now, at first, we thought maybe Patty Mills was going to be a third point guard. But at least from what we're hearing now, he's probably going to be part of the Dylan Brooks deal, which is probably going to be a sign and trade. So I don't think Patty Mills is going to be. Here on Houston. And as you, if you follow the Rockets long enough, you know that Patty Mills tormented the Rockets for years with the San Antonio Spurs. But at the end of the day, it doesn't look like he's actually going to be joining the Houston Rockets. Look looks like he's going to be moving on to Memphis. And whether Memphis is going to keep him or not, we don't know yet. Um, and then the last deal of the day, which was probably one of the better deals, uh, one of the deals that actually made a lot of Rockets fans happy, was Uncle Jeff is coming back to Houston, who actually played for the Houston Rockets previously, briefly. Um, is coming back to the Rockets on a one-year, $6 million deal, let me say. Jeff Green, the NBA champion, who played for the Denver Nuggets last year, um, another guy that can bring a veteran presence to the team. Um, is a great locker room guy. There's definitely somebody can actually can still play. When we saw a couple of plays last year where he was at, he actually posterized a couple of players. So he can still get up there and play. Won't play a lot of minutes, but he can play small ball five if the Rockets do choose to go small ball five um, during games. You um, can also play a little bit of backup power forward. But again, I think the leadership part is something you can't quantify with any of these contracts. And that's something I'm going to bring up in the pros section of this video is that Jeff Green is a is a veteran. He's a pro's pro. He's somebody that um, the Rockets definitely can use in the locker room. A NBA champion, somebody who's been through the fires that, you know, was able to you know play well off of. Um, two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. So just keep that in mind that one year, six million is an absolutely great deal for a Jeff Green, who could have, even at his age right now, in his his 30s, he could have went to a a lot of other teams would have definitely still would have signed him. So the fact that he wants to come back to Houston um definitely is a good thing on a one year six million dollar deal so that was all the transaction that we know of right now um the Rockets may still make other moves they you know maybe jay Shantae still may be on a move who knows um but as of right now, those are the moves um that the Rockets uh made they also made uh, one of the moves that actually I forgot to mention um they sent Josh Christopher out to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, As well. So Josh Christopher, another um, first round guy that just just for some reason couldn't just find his footing with the Rockets was back and forth on the G League and back and forth with the Rockets. Um, He was another one of those guys late first round picks that just wasn't going to get playing time on this team, Um, even though the Rockets really don't have a lot of backup shooting guards. I think the Rockets are still more comfortable. Um, playing possibly Kevin Porter Jr. at backup shooting guard, or maybe they still go out and find somebody else to play backup shooting guard. But at this point, they just felt the need that they, Josh Christopher just wasn't going to get menaced with the Rockets. Um, so, again, that's another reason why they moved on from Josh Christopher. Um, and we'll see what he's able to do with the Memphis Grizzlies. But um, as you can see, the Rockets have completely remade their team in, a, in, a <laughs> in one offseason. It'll be a totally different team. It'll be a totally different locker room when i go in and talk to the players in the locker room so that's going to be something that's going to be um definitely interesting to see especially with training camp uh which i plan on being out of out at it ought to be a very interesting training camp all right so i want to move on to the pros and the cons of this rocket's um complete rebuild of their team so let's start with the pros the rockets were lacking leadership for the last three years whether you want to say it's from Steven Silas, where you want to say from players on the court, they didn't have the leadership that they needed. And when you're a team, even with M.A., who's going to be the leader now as far as head coach, you need a leader on the court. And it's something that we talked with Vivek uh, Jacob a lot on our podcast yesterday was that. Fred VanVleet brings that leadership not only in the locker room, but on the court. He, he's basically another coach on the court, somebody that players can look up to. He's a former champion. He's done everything. He's Nothing was handed to him. He had to fight for every single thing he's got in the NBA, and that's something that every single player should be able to – should be expi- uh, you know, aspiring to because he was not handed anything. He didn't come out as a number one pick. He was undrafted. And he fought his way up to being an all-star now max level player. So players have to respect him. And something else uh, Vivek talked about yesterday was that he will hold players accountable. He will get on players. He will not let you um, slack off in any way. So it may be some hurt feelings next year. You may see some yelling going on in the court. So just keep that in mind. That's something the Rockets absolutely needed. And I know it's something that you can't always tell in numbers, but he brings the leadership that the Rockies absolutely need and he'll probably end up being the Rockets leader going forward on and off the court. Um another thing that Fred Van Vliet brings, that's something I, I don't think a lot of people realize, is Fred Van Vliet, is even though he struggled a little bit last year on the de- defensive end, that also has something to do with injuries, it has something to do with the way Nick Nurse was running the team. He basically ran the team into the ground. He did not he did not um have Confidence in his bench, so he ran a lot of players into the ground, and I think that was kind of what also affected Fred VanVleet's shooting. um But a couple of years ago, Fred VanVleet was actually one vote away from being on the All Defensive Team, and you wouldn't even think about that with Fred VanVleet being at six feet, well, generously at six feet, and one of the smaller guards in the league. He is absolutely still one of the better defenders in the league, especially one of the better fans against Steph Curry. Um, that you will see out anybody in the league, which is kind of funny. Two of the guys the Rockets have are uh, now two of the better defenders on Curry in the league and Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. And Fred Van Vliet, go look at the numbers. Over the last few years, he has been one of the better um, at the top of the league when it comes to steals every single year. He was near the top of the league last year in deflections. Every year he's near the top of the league in deflections. So that's something you don't think about with Fred Van Vliet. A lot of people are just talking about his shooting, but he is one of the better defenders in the league at the point guard position. now I think you will see that next year, and that will make a huge difference for the Rockets. And that's a bonus that I don't think a lot of people thought about. Um Another pro with this transformation is bringing in Dylan Brooks. Yes, his shooting is a pro I'm going to talk about in the cons. But when you're talking about his defense, he is still one of the better defenders, defensive wings in the league. You need a player that you can play, defend multiple positions, that's what you're going to get from Dylan Brooks. He's going to be able to guard – uh point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, maybe even some power forwards, depending on teams go small. So he's able to guard one through four. And he's a player that you can just stick on the other guys, the other team's best player and not have to worry about it. He's not a guy that's going to necessarily need a bunch of shots. He's not a a high usage uh, player on the offensive end. He's really there for you on defense and to bring toughness as much whether you love him or hate him. I mean, it's a lot of antics and that's another thing i'm gonna break up in the cons but love him or hate him he's gonna bring that intensity something you used to see from players like patrick beverly when they were here for the rockets that he's gonna be the type of player that hey, you love him when he's on your team but when he's not on your team you cannot stand him you despise him <laughs> but now that he's on the rockets i think a lot of rockets fans are gonna grow to love his intensity and what he brings as far as toughness because the rockets have not been a tough team For a while now, teams seem to be able to come in and push the Rockets around. And a lot of times the Rockets didn't push back. I don't think that's going to be the case at all with Fred VanVleet, who I didn't even mention his toughness. He's one of the toughest players in the league. He only plays one way. That's 100 miles per hour. And that's the same thing you're going to get with Dylan Brooks um, going forward. So that's absolutely a positive, something the Rockets needed. They needed a defensive stopper at the wing position because we see the league has become increasingly a wing-dominant league, and you need to be able to have a defender like a Dylan Brooks to be able to uh, stop other players, other teams' best players. So that's something the Rockets, the Rockets' defense will improve because we have saw over the last few years, the Rockets have been one of the worst teams in points allowed per game, worst teams in defensive rating, Worst teams in fast break points allowed, and I think now that you have these veterans on the team, one thing you can say about the transformation is, and that's another thing I'm putting the pros, is that the Rockets won't continue to beat themselves. They have been one of the worst team in the league also in turnovers the last uh, few years, and that's something I don't think you will see right now. The Rockets will be a smarter team, not to say that the players were dumb, but I mean smarter in terms of NBA um, knowledge, they won't be going out there beating themselves every night. The other team will have to come beat them because when you have this many veterans now and all these players they brought in are vets, they will not beat themselves. And that's definitely something that's going to be in the pro column. You're going to see a lot smarter basketball on the court. You won't see players throwing up their hands because another player was in the wrong position on defense or another player wasn't running back hard on on on, on a fast break to help fill the lanes. You won't see that now as much as you saw that the last few years with all the young players that Rockets have. So those are definitely pros, something that you can't quantify from just looking at numbers. You have to look at the big picture when it comes to Rockets. One more pro I want to bring up something that a lot of people may not be thinking about is when you bring in veteran players, other players respect, like a Fred Van V, like a Jeff Green, like like uh, you know, like the players that they brought in, it makes it a lot easier when you're going into free agency in the next year or two because you're more now teams actually respect you other players actually respect you agents players talk to each other all the time so if you're a team that continuously is losing every year it is hard to bring in good players good players are not going to become player on your team unless you severely overpaid them and this is the key problem with teams tanking slash rebuilding when you're tanking slash rebuilding this is exactly what happens you start get a reputation and you're going to have to severely overpay. And that's exactly what the Rockets will have to do. But now you see that the Rockets are bringing in more veteran type of players. It's going to be a lot easier if a, if another player becomes available, they'll be able to trade for them or, you know, free agency, even though I know right now the Rockets don't have a lot of money on the cap if they have any at all. But it's just as far as the reputation of the Rockets will completely change in the next couple of years because now the Rockets won't be the laughingstock of the NBA. All right. Talk about a couple of cons before we wrap up this video. There are some cons. It's not all sunshines and roses and and puppies. It's not. It's not that. There are some cons. The Rockets were the worst shooting team, like I mentioned, all near the bottom the last few seasons. That hasn't really improved, at least from what we saw last year from the players that they brought in. None of the players that they brought in last year had a good shooting season. You can go all the way from Fred VanVleet down to Jeff Green. So none of the guys they brought in is really going to, unless they bounce, have bounce back season, which is possible because like I mentioned before, Fred VanVleet coming into the, uh, last year was a much better three-point shooter. Last two seasons, Dylan Brooks hasn't been a good three-point shooter, but before he was an average three-point shooter, a little bit above average, around 34%, 35%. But the last, um, the last year, Dylan Brooks, Fred VanVleet, they two main guys that they brought in. Neither one of them had a good three-point shooting season. Greg VanVleet just overall from the field shot under 40%. And Dylan Brooks shot 32%, which was actually an improvement over his 30% from the year before. So they didn't really do anything to address their shooting problems. So that's something that they're going to have to organically build from within their own team, hopefully from the players that they had last year, like a Jalen Green, like a Jabari Smith. Maybe Tari Eason continues to show that he can actually be a good three-point shooter. Maybe Alperen Shanguna. Improves his three-point shooting because the Rockets were not a good three-point shooting team and nothing they really did in free agency really helped that, at least from what I saw initially. Um, another con is that they didn't really bring in rim protection. Um, that was another thing that the Rockets sorely needed, something that they that they talked about um, uh, during the press conference, having a kind of a, a different take on the center position outside of Alperen Shangoon. They brought in Jock Landell. We'll see what he's at range, but he's not necessarily a shot blocker, rim protector. Um, They were trying again, Brooke Lopez, but he decided to go back, actually more money than most people thought, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, So they didn't really address another issue because teams consistently went to the basket against the Rockets. They had zero fear of anybody really blocking their shots. Um, I mean, Alper and at that time actually surprised a lot of people. He had some really good blocks last year, but he's not really known as a rim protector. Um, K.J. Martin probably was their best shot blocker, which is kind of funny considering that he's a small forward, but now that he's not with the Rockets anymore, you don't have that. Um, Jabari Smith showed that he can block shots in some league, but he really didn't show that a lot during the season. Maybe he improves on that, but right now, at least from the people they brought in, also Jeff Green is more of a power forward, small ball center. He's not going to really give you any shot blocking. So At least from what they brought in right now, there, that's still going to be a weakness, even with this complete transformation of the team, is their shot blocking. Um, so that's something I have to figure out and maybe cover up with playing just better overall team defense. So we're going to have to see how the Rockets, um, how that all plays out in the day. Um, another kind of course, like I mentioned before, was some of the contract links. Maybe we get more clarification on the Fred VanVleet deal. Maybe it's going to be a, th- a three-year deal, but a third-year team option. Um, maybe we'll see that dylan brooks deal is front loaded so by the time it's uh by the time that his contract comes up maybe it'll be more of a 16 17 million dollar deal at the three or four year mark but we have to see how it works out so those two deals we have to see how those work out but for right now the lengths of those deals are a little bit longer than i think most rockets fans would like but again when you're a bad team you have to pay the bad team tax that's just the way it goes. Um, so those are the pros and cons that I see right now. Of course, we have to see how it all plays out. Um, one more thing I do want to mention that I didn't mention before. Um, like I said, that has been as bad as the Rockets have been. You do have the higher draft picks, but you also have to win and Rafael Stone. I don't know report. I don't have any inside sources. not anything that I know, but Rafael Stone this is Rafael Stone's team now. There's no way you can there's no way you could put it on the coach because MA is, has a long-term contract. Not that coaches can't be fired on the contract, but right now the heat is on Rafael Stone. So if this team doesn't work out in the end of the day, a lot of that's going to fall on Rafael Stone and that seat may get hot. Not that it's hot right now cuz like I said I don't have any inside sources. I don't know anything um that I've heard but Rafael Stone, this is now his team. He put this team together. So at the end of the day, he's either going to rise or fall with the team that they put on the court next year. So we will see how it all plays out. And the way I look at it right now, I'm thinking in the range of 30, to 35 wins would be respectable for this team. And if everything goes right, maybe they can get closer to 40. But that's if everything goes right. And, again, I don't want to go too overboard one way or another because we haven't even seen them on the court yet. So we don't know why any of this is going to work out. So all this is speculation right now. So just keep that in mind. Uh, again, we appreciate everybody that supports this channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because that definitely helps us in the long run because we want to continue to bring you good content, different content outside of podcasts. We want to bring you breakdown videos. We want to bring you uh, maybe some retro rocket stuff where we talk about rocket players from from the past that a lot of players people may not even know about because um, hey. People need to know about Allen level. <laughs> people need to know about world B free playing for the Rockets. There's a lot of Rockets play that people don't know anything about Purvis Short There's a lot of Rockets that people don't know about that. I definitely like to talk about on this channel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you check out the next episode of rocket report and rocket fuel podcast. <music>